When you talk about IRAs, today we're going to talk about the perspective of a beneficiary where somebody died and they were named as the beneficiary and what are their options to do with that IRA. In a later podcast, I'm going to talk about IRAs and the perspective of the client on who he should name as the beneficiary of the IRA. But let me start with what's the difference between you hear the term inherited IRA versus a spousal rollover. And it really is quite simple as saying, was the beneficiary of the IRA your spouse or a non-spouse? And if the beneficiary is the spouse, then they have options of what they could do with that IRA that are quite different than if the beneficiary is a non-spouse. And, and I'll start by saying that as far as a spousal rollover goes, obviously that can only happen with the spouse. It can't, ha it can't uh, they have this option that uh, a, a non-spouse beneficiary would not have. But let's talk about uh, what a spousal rollover is. Let's say, let's say I have, uh, I'll just say a $500,000 IRA. I'm, I'm happily married to my wife, Nancy. I've named her the beneficiary of that IRA. I'm the owner, she's the beneficiary. I die, uh, what are Nancy's uh, options as, as a surviving spouse? The first thing she can do is what we call a spousal rollover, which is quite simply that the IRA where I was the owner, she rolls it over where she becomes the owner. Essentially, she just steps in, the, in my shoes. She becomes the owner of the IRA, and now she can, she can name her, her own beneficiaries going forward. As far as the, the, the minimum distribution rules go, we know that with IRAs, the IRS has these very sophisticated rules that at some point you have to draw down the IRA. They have these rules because for all these years, nobody's paid income tax on the deferral of an IRA. And so IRS wants to make sure that when you die, they force people to start taking the distributions. Now, generally speaking, if my spouse does a rollover, she does not have to start taking her minimum distributions. If the beneficiary was not my spouse and it was an inherited IRA, they would have to start taking distributions from that IRA within one year. So that's the biggest difference. On a spousal rollover, my wife steps into my shoes. She's the owner of the IRA. She doesn't have to start taking distributions until she turns 70 and a half, just like I would have had to start taking distributions if I was 70 and a half. Now let's say I, I was 70 and a half, I was taking distributions while I was alive, now I died. Nancy comes in and does a spousal rollover, she becomes the owner of the IRA, and Nancy's only 65. She would not have to start distributions until she is 70 and a half. Now she could always start distributions earlier, but they wouldn't force her to do distributions until she's 70 and a half. Now, let's switch gears. Let's say that on the beneficiary I name is, is, is my oldest daughter, Rochelle, and $500,000 IRA. Uh, I'm, I'm 60, uh, 63. <laughs> I have to think about that for a minute. I'm 63. Rochelle, I think, is around 38, 39. Uh, I die. Rochelle now is what we call an inherited IRA. She's the beneficiary. She does not become the owner of the IRA. At my death, it's still my IRA. 
So she can set up an account anywhere she wants with this $500,000. It would, it would be set up as an, uh, an IRA of Matt Dana for the benefit of uh, Rochelle Lindblom. Now, as an inherited IRA, she has to start distributions in one year. And that gives her a year to kind of sort things out and, 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 and figure out where she wants to place the money. She can place, you know, she can place it at any financial institution. Let, let's say I had the money at uh, Commonwealth and Rochelle wants to have it at, at Wells Fargo. She can go into Wells Fargo, set up this inherited IRA, have Commonwealth move the $500,000 over to Wells Fargo. And then she has to start that first distribution within a year. Now, what, what her distributions are based upon would be a, a life expectancy table. And, and uh, the, the distributions are, uh, if she's 39, she goes to this life expectancy table that the IRS publishes and she'll get a factor. But basically, the younger she is, the less she has to take out. Every year, that factor will increase by one. So the idea is that every year she'll take out, she'll be forced to take out a little bit more. Now, that's not to stop her if she wanted to take out, if she wanted to take out more. These minimum distribution rules are a minimum, not, not a maximum. Of course, it would be unwise to take out more because she'd have to pay more income tax up front. She'd be better off to take these, these distributions. So an inherited IRA, uh, you, you, you set that up, you move it over, and you start your minimum distributions. Now, you would have the option, if you wanted to, just to cash the IRA in right up front. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of people do. I think it's a huge mistake. Uh, the national average on inherited IRAs is that they're completely cashed in within the first year and a half. And I think that's a mistake. And I think a client, when we get to the, to the other podcast talking about who you should name as beneficiary of the IRA, I, I, I think it's better rather than naming Rochelle straight up to be the beneficiary. I think it's better that I name uh, IRA look-through trust for the benefit of Rochelle. But I, 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 I hope this answers all your questions. The difference between a spousal rollover and an inherited IRA, spousal rollover, the spouse just steps into my shoes. She becomes the owner. It's her own IRA. She starts distributions when she turns 70 and a half, and she can name any beneficiary she wants. On an inherited IRA, uh, they, they are not the owner. I'm still the owner. They start distributions based upon their life expectancy. Hi, I'm Matt Dana. I'm the managing partner of Dana Whiting Law. Uh, we're an exclusive estate planning firm, primarily out of Scottsdale, Arizona, with offices throughout the state. We do podcasts from time to time purely on estate planning topics. And if you want more information, make sure you go to our website at DanaWhitingLaw.com for other podcasts and other articles.